everyone, and welcome to another edition of Chris's Mic Drop. This podcast this week is the Hall of Fame edition, as the Broncos had three players get inducted this past weekend in Canton, Ohio. They were Steve Atwater, Peyton Manning, and John Lynch. Peyton Manning and John Lynch were Broncos in the second half of their careers. They had long stays with their original teams that drafted them. Uh, Indianapolis Colts for Peyton and Tampa Bay Bucks for John Lynch. They both finished their careers with four-year stints in Denver, highly successful four-year stints with the Broncos. And Atwater, uh, more of a Bronco true and true, um, or through and through, I should say. <laughs> Excuse me. He played his first 10 years. He was a first-round draft pick of the Broncos in 1989, played 10 years here, 10 seasons, and then finished up with the New York Jets. Um, they all three got together. The way it worked, Atwater was elected in 2020, but the induction didn't happen that year because of the pandemic, of course. So it was moved to the induction, was here in uh, uh, this past weekend, along with the class of 2021, which included Peyton Manning and John Lynch. Uh, both classes received their gold jackets Friday uh, at the Canton Civic Center. Um, a nice event had by all. Uh, for Steve Atwater, Dennis Smith was his presenter who gave him the uh, gold jacket. For Peyton Manning, it was his dad, Archie. And for uh, John Lynch, it was, uh, it was his father that uh, gave him his gold jacket. And was the, uh, those were the presenters also for the bronze bus um, later in the weekend. Steve Atwater uh, was in, um, inducted first on Saturday. And uh, let's go to Steve and listen to... Um, part of the interviews that we had with him and part of his Hall of Fame induction speech. You know, I guess I'm part of your Hall of Fame story. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm the blooper part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun, though. I was glad it was you. I was never more excited to get a call from you. You know, I was talking in there. uh, I talked to you, saw some friends at the Inverness, when I wrote the book, The 50 Greatest Broncos. And I couldn't separate you and Dennis Smith. You talk about, I think I had that right, too. You were both tied for 12. Yes. At the time, neither one of you were considered for the Hall of Fame. Yes. Now I guess Dennis is next that we have to work on. We got to work with We got to, man. We got to, man. He's a great player, even better person. Uh, and, you know, he played a huge part in my career as a football player and as a, as a person. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, this will... You know, him, him being in this environment, he can be able to get around a lot of guys that he played against. They have a ton of respect for him. We're going to get him back in the groove of uh, you know, getting, getting a little bit of publicity for himself. What uh, what did he say to you when you put on the gold jacket? Do you remember? Like you said, he's, he's happy for me. He's proud of me. And uh, you know, I just want to thank you, you know, because, you know, without him, I don't think I'm here. A heck of a class. I mean, do, do you feel immortal? Do you feel like... Uh, is it sunk in how special it is to be in the Hall of Fame? It's sinking in. It's sinking in. It's, and uh, we, we had a meeting today earlier today with just the Hall of Famers. 
Men's gay luncheon. Yeah, this men's gay luncheon, and uh, you know, it's kind of emotional just hearing some of the guys talk, and you know, we're realizing that they were all getting a little bit older, and you know, we got to make sure that we kind of stick together and make sure we stay communication with one another. Uh, so just a whole another brotherhood that uh, we welcome into, and this is definitely an honor. much from you. Thank you for inspiring me to be fearless, my brother. First, I want to thank God for this moment and for bringing all of us together despite the terrible pandemic that the world has been facing. I stand here because of so many incredible people who have stood beside me. To David Baker, to your team, thank you for a dream come true. I'm humbled and honored to wear this gold jacket. Congratulations to the class of 2020. There's a little bit of a wait. Hey, we're up in this thing now, right? We're here. I also want to congratulate the class of 2021. And to everyone here on stage today, it is an honor and a pleasure to be here with each and every one of you. What a squad. Come on, man. What a squad we got up here. To Jeff Legwall and the other writers who voted for me for the enshrinement, thank you. And thanks to all of my colleagues on radio and TV who called me a future Hall of Famer. You know who you are. Appreciate you. I would like to express my gratitude to the Denver Broncos organization, Mr. Bolin, and to the Bolin family. Mr. B was a kind and generous man who knew how to make people feel special. I appreciate all that he did for our team. What a phenomenal leader he was. Mac Freeman, Joe Ellis, man, what can I say? When my wife and I wanted to move back to Denver, you made a place for me in the Broncos organization. And Mac, you must have some kind of crystal ball because you predicted that one day I'd be standing on this stage. Thank you both from the bottom of my heart. Lisa Williams and Kelsey Zimmerman, you ladies are amazing. Uh, thank you for helping us organize this memorable occasion. Thank you. I've been blessed to have some of the best coaches in the game. To my Lutheran North High School coaches, Mike Russell. Carl Hoshin and Kirk Mueller, and also all of my teammates, thank you for being here. And coaches, thank you for your consistency, your leadership, and your encouragement. To my University of Arkansas coaches, Ken Hatfield, Bobby Trott, and Fred Goldsmith, and all of my Hogs fans in the building and my teammates, thank you. And thank you to the many Broncos coaches. Denver Broncos, are the Broncos in the house? There we go, all right. All right, a lot of the coaches contributed to my growth and development both on and off the field. Dan Reeves, Wade Phillips, Charlie Waters, thank you. 
Rick Smith, Alvin Reynolds, Greg Robinson, and my lifetime friend, Ed Donatell, and of course, Mike Shanahan, the most organized and disciplined person that I've ever met in my life, and obviously the coach who led us to those back-to-back Super Bowl victories. Thank you all for being amazing coaches, for believing in me, and for your guidance over the years. I also want to thank our strength and conditioning coaches, Al Miller and Rich Tootin, for always keeping us in tip-top shape. And also my trainers, Jim Keller, James Collins, and Steve Antonopoulos, a.k.a. Greek. Greek, congratulations to you for a remarkable 45-year career with the Denver Broncos. You're amazing. Thank you for everything. I also want to thank the New York Jets organization and all of my teammates and coaches there. That was a great experience. And finally, thank you to my sports agents and my friends, Peter Schaefer, Lamont Smith, Jamie Fritz. Thank you. And now I get to thank the people whose love means, man, more than I can ever say. To my mom, Jesse Atwater, who I know is looking down on us and is very happy for this moment. I want to say to you, Mom, thank you for the sacrifices that you made, for always loving me and showing me how to never give up on those you love. I love you and I miss you, Mom. To my dad, Jeff Atwater, who's proudly watching from home with his lovely wife, Bernice. Dad, I always knew that you loved me unconditionally And I know how much you sacrificed to send me to Lutheran North High School, and that laid the foundation for everything that followed. Thank you for believing in me and for always being there for me. I love you, bub. To my siblings, Stephanie, Michelle, Sabrina, Rick, Lonnie, and to my brother-slash-cousins, John Taylor, and Garland Taylor, thank you for your love and support over the years. I love you all so much. And to my in-laws, Mama Love, Robert, Clarence, Malcolm, thank you for welcoming me into the family more than 35 years ago. I love you all. Now, to my three beautiful, good-hearted sons, Stephen, DeAndre, and Paris, hey, man, I'm, I'm honored to be your father, and I'm proud of the incredible young men that you've become. Keep working hard and striving to reach all of your goals. Your mother and I will always be in your corner. We love you, man. Love you, baby. And to my beautiful, ideal daughter, Malaysia, <laughs> You are such a blessing to our family, and every day you teach us about being courageous, authentic, and vulnerable. We love you, and we can't wait to see the amazing things that you're going to accomplish. Love you, baby. And to my beautiful wife of 30 years, Letha, The first time I saw you walking across the campus, I knew we'd be together. 
And when I finally got the courage to tell you, you looked at me like you had a whole lot of brothers who told you to stay away from those athletes. <laughs> but we became friends first, and our relationship blossomed into something that I cherish dearly. Letha, you are strong, loving, and giving, and I thank you for being by my side throughout this journey. I love you, sweetheart. And now, for all of my teammates who I've played with over the years, will all of you please stand up? John Elway, Terrell Davis, Dennis Smith, Rod Smith, Ray Crockett, Alfred Williams, Carl Mecklenburg, Mark Slareth, Bill Smith, Romo, Habib, Keith, Rondell, Wyman, House, Randy, all of you guys, stand up. It was truly an honor to play with each and every one of you. You all have touched my life in one way or another, both on and off the field, and I appreciate you all. And finally, thank you, Broncos country. I love you all. God bless. So, as you heard there, uh, uh, Steve Atwater was a lot of thank yous. He used all eight minutes to thank everyone uh, that helped him along his journey, his high school coaches, his college coaches, all his teammates, uh, Lisa Williams and, um, and Miss Zimmerman, who helped uh, set up his party. Uh, uh, so uh, just about everyone got thanked by uh, Steve Atwater. Thanked the press, even. So um, Steve Atwater, very gracious, very humble and classy in his Hall of Fame speech. Next, Peyton Manning. I tell you that the Hall of Fame weekend can uh, uh, be a lot of fatigue. There's a lot going on. You've got the gold jacket ceremony on Friday. You've got the parade through downtown Canton uh, early Saturday morning. Um, you've got the, uh, the induction for the class of 2020 on uh, Saturday evening. You've got the roundtable discussion on uh, Sunday afternoon. You had the induction of Peyton Manning and John Lynch in the class of 2021 on Sunday evening. Then you had the, the parties. Atwater's party was on Friday. Uh, John Lynch's was on Saturday. Peyton Manning's was on Sunday. So there's not a whole lot of time for sleep. But when you're covering Peyton Manning, uh, the guy's just gold. You know, he's just so funny. And at all the events, he was good. He had a powerful speech. And let's listen right now to uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, some of the interviews we had uh, with him, uh, both prior to the gold jacket, uh, pr uh, during the uh, during the parade, prior to him joining the parade on Saturday morning, uh, at the round table uh, that he had on Sunday afternoon, and then some of his speech, his induction speech, on uh, on Sunday evening, where uh, he was. Uh, you can break it down into three parts. He was that uh, folksy, humorous Peyton in the beginning. He got emotional as he talked about his dad and his wife and kids in the middle. And then, uh, you know, he, he, he got on a pulpit there at, at the end and started talking about uh, preserving the future of the game. That a lot of people thought that uh, he was um, auditioning or interviewing for the commissioner job uh, at the end. But um, powerful speech, a little over uh, nine and a half minutes and... Um, 
I tell you what, the best part of his speech might have been before he started when the uh, back of the stadium gave him a standing O for a full minute, and it would have gone longer had Peyton not started uh, talking to us, uh, slow him down. So uh, let's hear right now from uh, some audio that we put together uh, from Peyton Manning over the weekend as he was inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Coach Dungey wanted us to work hard. He wanted us to enjoy ourselves, wanted us to be good citizens in the community. But we had a special group. I used to work hard. I studied a lot of film. But I think if you don't enjoy the journey and and have some laughs and have some lighthearted moments, it certainly wouldn't have been as special. And it kind of keeps that balance of of the grind in training camp. But, yeah, Eli kind of taught me that. Eli's kind of the silent assassin. You know, he thinks he's this sweet, innocent kid. Eli can put your phone in German in seven seconds. And, uh, you know, the beauty of it is, you know, it's, it's a four-step process, right? It's general settings, language, turning it into Chinese. And then once it's in Chinese, you can't figure out what settings, general, and language is in Chinese. Quickly, I would yell, hurry, hurry, to my center, Jeff Saturday, and he would immediately snap me the ball. Well, I got to tell you, there you go. Tonight's speech is an all-time hurry, hurry. The 2021 induction class wants to thank those previous inductees who gave long-winded acceptance speeches, forcing us to have a whopping six minutes to recap our football careers. I want to give a special thanks to my old rival, Ray Lewis, for being here tonight. Ray just finished giving his speech that he started in 2018. Next year, accepted speeches will probably shrink to four minutes. And speaking of rivals, my good friend Tom Brady is here tonight. By the time he is inducted... By the time Tom Brady is inducted in his first year of eligibility in the year 2035, he'll only have time to post his acceptance speech on his Instagram account. The legendary John Madden says that the Hall of Fame busts whisper to each other at night. And it's actually true. My son Marshall and I have heard it. 
But I also think that they run plays at night. They scrimmage. They throw a little seven on seven. The other night I had a dream that I was in one of those scrimmages. The other team's coaches were Vince Lombardi and Paul Brown. My coaches, Bill Cowher and Jimmy Johnson. That's right, a cowboy and a Steeler working together only in Canton, Ohio. We were on the 50-yard line with only three seconds left in the game. Coach Cowher called a running play. I said, Coach, I'm going to have to audible. Omaha. I called, a ba- I called a pass play. My bus faked a handoff to Barry Sanders. I threw a 20-yard break-in route to Michael Irvin right as Deacon Jones and Ray Nitschke hit me at the same time. Irvin, as he was getting tackled by Ronnie Lott, then lateral to Steve Largent, who was in a foot race down the sideline with Daryl Green and Lim Barney. The savvy Largent, knowing he couldn't win a foot race with Daryl Green, then lateral back to Lance Allworth, who dove into the end zone for the game-winning score. Now, yesterday, it was just a dream, but tonight, it's reality. Anyway, I just think it's pretty cool to say you're on the same team as Johnny Unitas and Slinging Sammy Ball. I am honored to be a member of this elite class and a teammate of Drew's, Coach Floors, John, Calvin, Allen, and Charles. To be inducted on the same weekend with one of my favorite teammates of all time, Edger and James, is a thrill. Being reunited with Edgerin, my old teammates, the great Marvin Harrison, Marshall Falk, our Colts architect, Bill Polian, our Colts leader, Tony Dungy, is really something special. And I'm proud to be on the same team again with John Elway and to join fellow Denver Bronco alums, Steve Atwater and John Lynch in this weekend's induction class. And there's room for more Colts and Broncos in here, I'm just saying. We have inherited the history of this sport, even helped create it, but our responsibility cannot stop there. If we simply relive history and don't ignite the future of the sport, then we're not doing football justice. Each of us has deep roots in this game. Football even helped us carve out a place to belong. In my youth in New Orleans and in Newman School, football carved out a place for my favorite quarterback, my hero, my role model, my dad, Archie Manning, to pass on something he loved to me. <clears throat> dad, there's no one I would rather have or be more appropriate than you to welcome me to this stage. My dad enabled me to play balls with my brother, Cooper and Eli, the two best brothers a guy could ask for. And it gave my mom plenty of reasons to both beef me up and patch me up. You talk about lucking out with the most loving mother who could also break down a cover two defense as well as any NFL quarterback. In college, at my beloved alma mater, the University of Tennessee, football gave me a platform to help me grow as a man and refine my skills. Entering the NFL, the game gave me a profession where I could measure myself against the very best and live camaraderie at its deepest level. I always thrived on being coached, and I learned from some of the very best coaches in the business, many of whom are here tonight. Sadly, we have lost two special coaches to me this year, the great Howard Mudd and my good friend Greg Knapp. May they both rest in peace. 
After my playing career, I hung a whistle around my neck, and I've coached my son's flag football team for the past two years. Now, I'm not sure I'm a very good coach, but hopefully that role will enable me to make a hands-on contribution to the future of our sport. Over the years, I've had the most unbelievable support from family, friends, fans, coaches, teammates, and support staffs. And I just can't say thank you enough to all of you that have come here tonight to help me celebrate. To Jim Arcee and the Indianapolis Colts organization, my gratitude is off the charts. You drafted me in 1998, and it was a joy and a privilege to represent the Horseshoe. And to Pat Bowen, the Bowen family, and the Denver Broncos organization, you took a chance on me at a crucial moment in my career, and I will never forget it. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. When I officially retired from football five years ago, whether in person, on a call, or in a handwritten letter, I said all the thank yous that we unfortunately don't have time to repeat tonight. But trust me, they are as heartfelt now as they were then. To my wife, Ashley, there are no right words to express how grateful I am for you. Thank you for your unstoppable love and support. And to our children, Marshall and Mosley, you came into the world at the exact time that I needed you most. The two of you have already given your mother and me a greater inheritance than we could ever leave you. If football has become my home, the people of the great states of Louisiana, Tennessee, Indiana, and Colorado have become my extended family. And as everyone knows, you can never really leave family behind. I never expected to stand on this stage tonight. If it weren't for those busts and the memories of forever loyal fans, tonight's details would blur and cheers would fade. However, our hearts will cradle the memories forever. Throughout our lives as players, coaches, staffs, and fans, we've become essential to the sports landscape. I don't know about you, but I'm not done with this game. I never will be. I'm committed to ensuring its future, and I hope you will join me in that commitment. As members of this honored class, we have a responsibility to make our game stronger, from the corner playground to the most celebrated stadiums. During the past few years, the game of football has been challenged by an explosion of sports and entertainment options, safety concerns, erupting social justice issues, and a worldwide pandemic. Displaced fans have taken on an entirely new meaning as our stadiums have been shut down and fans shut out. We certainly shouldn't walk away now. When we leave this stage tonight, it is no longer about us. It is about cultivating the game that has given so much to us. It's about nurturing football to live and thrive another day, another year, decade, and another generation. It's about guaranteeing that kids everywhere can learn, bond, grow, and have fun with every flag pulled, every tackle made, every pass thrown, every run, block, sack, and touchdown scored. The audience here tonight is made up of die-hard fans who feel football deep in your bones. Now, we may have ignited the fire, but you, you have fanned the flames. Inevitably, those flames will be whipped by the winds of change, but they don't need to smolder. The future of this game is ours to shape. We just need to take tomorrow on our shoulders as readily as we donned our pads before each game. Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you, and God bless football.
Mike Payton, four years here. The team uh, won 50 games in the regular season. How about that? 50 and 14, I do believe. And <laughs> it hadn't been like that uh, in the five years since he left. Uh, two Super Bowl appearances. Uh, they won it all in Super Bowl 50 in 2015. Uh, next, uh, John Lynch. And, and that was the order it was uh, on Sunday in the induction speeches. Uh, Peyton went third. Uh, after Michael Irvin, or not Michael Irvin, I, uh, Drew Pearson, I should say. It was uh, Drew Pearson, it was Tom Flores, and it was uh, uh, Peyton Manning, followed by John Lynch, who went fourth in, in the order of the seven uh, members of the class of 2021. Lynch, uh, a similar, started with a, a little joke in his induction speech, um, and then uh, uh, he thanked quite a few people and his family uh, right away. And then at the end, um, it was almost like uh, he was running for office as he was saying football is a great metaphor for life in that, uh, you know, you, in, in football you huddle up all, all these players from uh, different backgrounds, you know, poor, rich, uh, different races, uh, different cultures, different educations, um, different parts of the country. And, uh, and yet they come together in this huddle and everyone has a com common goal to win that game. And he thinks with the nation being so polarized right now, and it has been for a few years, um, you know, maybe learn from football and just huddle up as a people and come together. A powerful message by John Lynch. He had to wait long. You know, Peyton Manning was a first ballot guy. John Lynch was a finalist eight times before he got in. He got leapfrogged by Brian Dawkins. He got leapfrogged by Steve Atwater. But he finally went in uh, during the Super Bowl uh, week uh, leading to the game in Tampa Bay. And, you know, of course, that's where he played 11 of his 15 years. And it was only appropriate that he got elected the year at Tampa Bay. And uh, he also mentioned that had he been elected on the first ballot, his, uh, his kids wouldn't have been old enough to appreciate it. Um, now they're all old enough, and um, I think the oldest is uh, uh, just getting through with high school on the way to college. So uh, a good time. Uh, he saw the uh, the good in waiting and appreciates it more. So let's listen to John Lynch, and uh, we talked to him in the parade uh, before <clears throat> uh, you know before he joined uh, uh, before his induction speech, and he also was good at the round table. Uh, we talked to him going into the gold jacket ceremony. So here's some of the uh, the bites that we got from John Lynch over Hall of Fame weekend in Canton, Ohio. What do you think, Eric? Oh, pretty special weekend, Mike. It's uh, everything it's cracked up to be and more. It's uh, you know heading into the uh, gold jacket where we'll put the jacket on for the first time, but. I'll tell you, if it's anything like everything else has been, uh, Nitschke luncheon today, only the Hall of Famers and, and had me in tears. It's, it's what a what a special weekend, and pretty special uh, fraternity we're entering. What what number are your is your jacket? Do you know? Number three fifty. Three fifty. Number three fifty. So wow, beautiful. That one floored me when I heard that number. Yeah. <laughs> to think of all the There's people. There's only three hundred and fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Great and real compelling argument for why I should come to Denver. 
and I'm sure glad I did, uh, became a special part of our family's life. The people, as you heard from the Bronco fans, are some of the best fans in our league. And, uh, and I love it. Denver will always hold a, a special place in my heart. Thank you, Jake. Such an honor to have you as my presenter. Thank you, Herm. What a humbling honor. First, let me say, nothing about my Hall of Fame journey has been easy. I waited eight years as a finalist, and then David Baker tells me I'm following Peyton Manning. Thanks a lot, David. Peyton and the rest of our 2021 class, congratulations. What a privilege to be inducted into this brotherhood the Pro Football Hall of Fame with all of you. As everyone up here will attest, it takes a lot of belief to get to this stage. However, belief is not something that simply happens. It has to be nurtured a million times over. A note, a pat on the back, a piece of advice, coaching. These are the things that foster belief in ourselves. Today, I will recognize those who have done this for me. I would not be here today if not for one person, my wife and my best friend, Linda Lynch. I met Linda in the seventh grade in our hometown of San Diego. Linda, you have inspired me as a man, a father, a husband, and a leader. For 15 years as an NFL player and nine years with the NFL on Fox, Linda wrote a note to me that I read before every single game. She didn't ever miss one. Her notes always calmed me, focused me, and drove me to be my best self. Babe, I, know, I love you more than you will ever know, and I'm so thankful and grateful to share this life-changing moment with you. Our four amazing children, Jake, Lindsay, Lily, and Leah, each one of you, in your own special way, has provided me inspiration that cannot be described even with the full definition of love. My pride in each of you is endless. I hope that I have helped you grow your belief in yourself the way you have for me. My parents, John and Kathy, your standards and expectations were always high, your love always unconditional. The Catholic faith that you instilled in me and blessed me with is my guiding light. Where would I be without it? Where would I be without both of you? Mom and Dad, I'm truly grateful and I love you. My sister and brother, Kara and Ryan, you have always supported me. Please know where you live in my heart. I went to Stanford University as a quarterback and a baseball player. After two years as a number two quarterback, I was tired of that. I decided the best way for me to get on the football field was to convert to safety. I want to thank the late, great Denny Green for guiding me through this life-altering decision. Later that year, I was drafted in the second round of the Major League Baseball draft by the Florida Marlins and believed that baseball was going to be my future. Enter the late, great Bill Walsh. Coach Walsh had returned to Stanford as our head coach in 1992 when Coach Green accepted the head, head job for the Minnesota Vikings. One day, I received a call from Bill. Hey, John, this is Bill Walsh. I've been studying our defense last year, and John, 
you were our best defensive player. Shocked, I said to him, Coach, with all due respect, I played safety for one year and I played half the snaps. How can you possibly arrive at that opinion? He said simply, the film. I watched it and you can be a Pro Bowl safety in the NFL. Well, when I returned to school in true Bill Welsh fashion, he not only told me, he showed me. He showed me a tape of me making a play, then perhaps a play of perhaps the greatest safety of all time, Ronnie, Ronnie Lott, making a similar play. There are only five plays on that tape, but after watching it, I was all in. Coach Walsh, you gave me the confidence to follow my heart to an NFL career. Without you, I'm not standing on this stage today. Peter Goscue, you were more than just someone who trained me. You taught me how to outwork my competition. That gave me the mental and physical edge. There were so many other coaches who were indispensable to my success. Monty Kiffin, John Gruden, Rod Marinelli, and Mike Tomlin among them. One special human being who saw something in me before I saw it in myself is my co-presenter, Herm Edwards. Herm had a vision for the way I should play the safety position. He encouraged me to play with the passion, the joy, physicality, and instincts that define my game. Herm, you were also the first to tell me that I could have a bus someday in Canton, but only if I believed it. We're here, Herm. <laughs> Hall of Fame coach Tony Dungy had such a profound, profound impact on me on and off the field. This is a true story. In his first meeting as a head coach of the Buccaneers, he said to us, our job is to win championships here in Tampa. But if that's all we do, we will not have done enough. He went on to talk about the responsibility we had to give back to our community. Tony, I thank you for being the man that you are. A sincere thank you to the Glazer family and everyone at the Buccaneers for making my first 11 years in the NFL so meaningful and helping us to bring a world championship to Tampa with Super Bowl 37. To the late great owner, Pat Bolin, a true Hall of Famer, to the Bullen family, Mike Shanahan, and everybody at the Denver Broncos, thanks for giving me such a great landing spot to play the final four years of my career. Now, over the last four seasons, I've had the honor to serve as the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. Thank you to Kyle Shanahan, to Jed York, and the entire York family for having the faith in me that you do. Rondé Barber, your time's coming, man. You're going to be here. Mike Allstott, Champ Bailey, Rod Smith. These are just a few of the great players that I was blessed to call teammates. There are so many to acknowledge, but two guys back here had my, had my back from day one. Together, we forged an unbreakable bond, and I'm overjoyed to join you two in Canton. Before concluding, I want to state the National Football League is the greatest metaphor for life that I've ever known. It challenges each and every one of us who plays this great game in every way possible. Everything about the game is hard and tests your will. It compels every man who puts on a uniform to not only do their best, but to be their best. In football, we quickly discover that we're only as strong as our weakest link. And if we're to achieve the goals that we set for ourselves, we must all learn to play together and pull together. Each of us comes from a different walk of life, but when we huddle up, we huddle up as a team. It doesn't matter where we come from or your background. 
All that matters is the fulfillment of one goal, victory. Tonight, I advocate that we take the lead of football and huddle up as a people, as a great nation. Let's find the common ground through our shared values. Let's celebrate and learn from our differences. Derek Brooks from Pensacola, Florida. Warren Sapp from Apopka, Florida. And John Lynch from Solana Beach, California have. So too can all of you. Thank you to David Baker, to Ira Kaufman, and the Pro Football Hall of Fame Selection Committee, my beautiful family, dear friends, coaches, teammates, and all of the fans. I love you. As my journey illustrates, one person can make a difference. I encourage each and every one of you to be that person who provides someone else with the belief that they too can be great. May God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you to John Lynch, a great Bronco. He was here four years, almost made it to the Super Bowl in 2005 when the Broncos were 13-3 and and hosted the AFC Conference Championship game at Mile High, only to be upset uh, by the Pittsburgh Steelers, a wild-card team. And the Steelers and Big Ben went on to win Super Bowl 40 that year at Ford Field in Detroit. Now, besides uh, Atwater and Manning, and John Lynch, we also talked to quite a few Broncos uh, from that 2015 Super Bowl team. We talked to Eric Decker, Demarius. We talked to Akib Tlaib. Um, Matt Paradis, uh, uh, we, we got a little bit uh, on Twitter. We talked to Mike Shanahan, a former coach who got to know him. John Fox, uh, the coach there. Um, all these guys, uh, it was just wonderful to talk to to all these uh, different players uh, who were with Peyton Manning. And um, listen to this, uh, to this audio uh, broadcast package that we had. Some of the players, it was great catching up to them before Peyton Manning was inducted uh, on Sunday in Canton, Ohio at Tom Benson uh, Hall of Fame Stadium. teammate, wonderful player, wonderful person, and he's going to go on and do more great things with his life. I don't know exactly what yet, but you know it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you something. It couldn't happen to a greater guy. I'm looking so forward to it. I was at John Lynch's celebration last night. Of course, Peyton's right there. He's got his twins with him. He's got his wife. He's got his family. Uh, You know, his teammates meant so much to him, and that just shows you a big reason why. And we get, it's all about Peyton tonight. You helped him get here. You helped him get to the Hall of Fame. I was part of it, man. I was part of it. Uh, and the years I had with him was great. And um, I always remember him. What was he like as a passer? Because it wasn't always the prettiest ball. No, but it was accurate. You know, accurate, uh, on time. And that's what you want. You know, it don't have to be a perfect spiral. But he, he had that accuracy. He, he had that... Um, you know, that kind of sixth sense of when to throw you the football, when not to throw you the football. So that's what that's what you want as a quarterback. That's what you want from your quarterback. What we overcame in 2012 to make a run at the end of the year, um, tough way to end 2012. But then to come in and just really dominate in a sense of setting records, uh, making it to a Super Bowl, 
obviously not capitalizing on that. But those experiences I'll cherish the rest of my life because kind of removing myself from it, there were so many good good memories um, and good relationships built off that. So uh, forever cherish that team and that year. Hey, Mike can't never enjoy yourself, baby. He always worked. That's right. Tell me what Peyton Manning meant to you. Man, Peyton meant everything to me, man. First of all, he was the, he was the reason I came to Denver, and, and he was the reason that I became the player that I was. Man, I, I wanted to work like Peyton worked every day. So definitely, definitely an inspiration in my book. You know, um, when you think of that 2015 team, it's uh, it, it, Aqib Talib is just gold. Listening to that voice, listening to that enthusiasm, his his energy. How about Demarius Thomas? You know, nice. He, he's retired now. Brandon Stokely, another guy you heard in there. As far as how accurate he was, Stokely was on the 2012 Broncos. So um, that was some good stuff. Uh, catching up to all those guys. Um, Sunday before Peyton Manning and John Lynch were inducted into the Hall of Fame. All right, going forward with the Broncos, the quarterback competition continues this week. Joint practices Wednesday and Thursday against the Minnesota Vikings in Egan, Minnesota, where the Vikings training camp uh, facility is held. And then Saturday on Channel 20, 2 o'clock kickoff, Broncos and Vikings, preseason game number one. Drew Locke will start that preseason game. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater will come off the bench either late second quarter or to start the second half. And then against Seattle in preseason game number two the following week, August 21st, it will be Teddy Bridgewater starting with Drew Locke coming off the bench after that. And then after that Seattle game, I do anticipate Vic Fangio picking his quarterback. And uh, for the regular season opener against the New York Giants on September 12th, Hopefully it's as obvious to Fangio and us and all the fans uh, after the two preseason games as it was in 2016 with Simeon and Sanchez and Paxton Lynch and 2017 when it was Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. Simeon won both quarterback contests, and maybe it'll be that obvious. And there was no one debating it uh, as far as who should win. Um, Hopefully it's as obvious uh, this time around for Vic Fangio um, but I, something tells me, just like Pat Shermer said last week, both of these quarterbacks are going to play this year. And uh, that schedule is winnable, especially uh, uh, early, the first three games, at 6-10 and 10, New York Giants, at 1-15 Jacksonville Jaguars, and at or, or home against the 2-14 and 14 New York Jets. The Broncos have to go 2-1 and one in that stretch. If they do, I think they can finish 9-8, and 10-7. and seven. See if that winds up being a, a wild card spot. Um, uh, you know, every, you, you can't predict they'll win the AFC West with Patrick Mahomes uh, still quarterbacking the Chiefs, but uh, you never know. Elway was the dominant quarterback for 16 years with the Broncos, and they didn't win the AFC West every year. So, um, with good defense, a good running game, which the Broncos should have this year, a lot of young talent on the outside with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant. All those guys still on their rookie contract, so uh, uh, should be exciting. In the backfield, you got Melvin Gordon, a veteran, but then Javante Williams right behind him, a rookie. So it should be exciting for the Broncos this year. 
see if that quarterback competition leads to more than 20 points a game for the Broncos. So that's it for Cliss's mic drop. Thanks to Peyton Manning, Steve Atwater, John Lynch. They were all so available uh, this past weekend for Nine News um, uh, in the Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, from the parade, from the gold jacket ceremony, from the roundtable discussion, from their uh, induction speeches at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. It was just a wonderful weekend. Nine News was there. We brought you all the coverage. Go to my Twitter feed at uh, Mike uh, MikeClis, back up and running, by the way. Um, had a little glitch the week before, but everything's back up and running on my Twitter account. Again, at MikeClis. Got, uh, got a lot of uh, video uh, from this past weekend on that if you haven't had your Hall of Fame fill quite yet. And we'll have more, uh, plenty more, on 9news and um, 9news.com and on my Twitter feed coming from Egan, Minnesota this week as the Broncos have joint practices against the Vikings on Wednesday and Thursday. And then the game in downtown Minneapolis at the Vikings' uh, beautiful uh, stadium on Saturday. So uh, that's it. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Clissa's Mic Drop, and we'll do this again next week as the Broncos get ready to play the Seattle Seahawks in preseason game number two. Thank you, everybody.